Hey guys, producer Will here. I just want to jump in at the beginning of the episode and let you know that there were some syncing issues with Foreman's audio. It's not too bad, but you will hear some echo in a couple of parts. I encourage you to push through it. This is a phenomenal episode. So, that being said, I will turn it over to Evelyn Price and Mr. Steve. Listen to the words. I'm Evelyn Price and my co-host, Mr. Steve. Hello, podcast people. This is track five. We are on our fifth episode and super excited about it. Uh, We just, as we're recording this, we had just released episode one, which was great because we had been waiting and waiting to finally share it with the world. And now it's out there. Um, What do you want to talk about? Anything? You got anything to say at the beginning, Mr. Steve? I have nothing to add except that we, I mean, everything that we would talk about is now well after the fact because they're listening to this sometime after we record it. Oh, no. And so they know we're on iTunes. They they know that we're, we're up and running. They know that we love Jim Steinman. Are we always in the future or are we always in the past? Yes. Time exists simultaneously across all planes. That's a good thing to remember. So this episode, we have with us James Foreman, Jim, Jim Hi. Foreman, my, my, fo- my friend, longtime friend and fellow writer, who I will probably Sometimes. just keep calling Foreman because it's my shitty habit. And No, yeah. that's my name. It's fine. I don't mind. And tonight, our three songs are two of Foreman's and one of mine. So we're going to have Foreman's Sandwiched by Mine, which I'm super excited and haven't been able to stop talking about because I'm doing Semi-Charm Life by Third Eye Blind. And lastly, we will have Anna Ang by They Might Be Giants. But we're going to start with Foreman's first choice, which is Born Under Punches by Talking Heads. Which is an amazing song. Yes. My dad, David Byrne. Dad, please call me. Have you seen, uh, did you watch Difficult People? I'm dropping in with my first non sequitur people. Get ready. (laughs) It's only going to get worse. That's the Julie Klausner show? Yes. No, I have not. Billy, Billy Eichner hits David Byrne with his car. We hit David Byrne from the talking heads. He's definitely in my, like top five favorite rock and roll stars of all time yes well he's such a weird dude and continues to be weird in in an extremely relatable way yeah we just saw american utopia not too long ago when he toured and it was amazing it was like it felt like stop making sense but not exactly like it just like you felt like it was historical it was a show that i was I will never forget. And it was so strange. It wasn't like anything that I had ever seen before. Everyone walked around with their instruments. Like everything was mobile and they had motion detected lights. So the lights would follow the performers everywhere they went. And that became a dimension to the show too. 
I've heard uh, from trusted sources that it was an amazing show, and I really regret not having gone to it. What so can I, say? I, guess, I didn't know. <laughs> Before we get started with the actual lyrics of the song, I want to say that I will try not to step on you, but like I said, David Byrne, he's my man. So I'm going to like yeah, maybe step away. I'm going to try to be quiet for a little while. So, so tell us about the song, surrounding the song. And so I got this book called The Story. So, okay, this is how often does this happen? I was reading the Wikipedia article for this song, Born Under Punches, um, and then in parentheses, he goes on. You have to get the, the parentheses part in there. Oh, um, I get it. I was reading the Wikipedia article about this song, and then I saw the uh, actually it was about the album, and then it it there was a footnote about the song that I found interesting. I was like, huh? So I clicked on the footnote, and it referenced a book, and there was no uh, like electronic version of the book, so I ordered the actual book from Amazon. Oh, an actual like how often does that happen? Physical yeah, book. an actual book. <laughs> Like I, I like it. I'm like an academic like an over academic here. So, so I got this book got that this is book like it's called the like, story behind every talking head song. song. So, so uh, of course, the title of the book is Once in a Lifetime because <laughs> because you can't of course. Be um. So the the song. So first of all, the I, I the music of this song is when you listen to it is. This is the this is the famous this is from Remain in Light, which is the famous well in in my mind they're all famous, but this is like the seminal Talking Heads album with it's, Once in a Lifetime on it. Yeah, it's the one that people know. Yes. And it's got the weird cover, but it's also it was produced by Brian Eno and it's it came out in seventy nine or eighty, so it's like right on the the edge of like the post punk um modern weird era. And maybe in some ways defined it. I don't know. With the the so the what a lot of people talk about when they talk about this album um, and the song and Brian Eno and like the Wall of Sound thing is oh wait no that's Phil Spector yes. yes but there is sort of a, there's a they people use the word wall to describe uh, the multi layered weirdness of this song and it's like African beat kind of thing which is what people like to say about it i don't know if that's true i'm not a music person i'm not a musicologist i just i so i'm i apologize now if you can hear emmett he likes to <laughs> whine at me if i'm not paying attention that's to him. so cute <laughs> for those of you um, listening emmett is a cat so yes <laughs> emmett is not, not a small son. child crying for <laughs> he his is father's not attention. neglecting his child <laughs> <laughs> um so listening to this to the this multi-layered like all these instruments just like piled on top of each other it doesn't sound sort like of, anything else no it doesn't but you know what it does sound like it sounds like your brain after brain surgery so if you want to know what it's like to have brain surgery <laughs> without actually having your head cut open that listen to this song so did you that feeling and this yes. does it is it unpleasant because the song's not unpleasant. No, it's not. That's the thing. It's not unpleasant at all. I mean, there are aspects of having your head cut open that are very unpleasant. But yeah. oh, the, um, <laughs> shut up, dude. Um, the uh, but the the sort of jumbled kind of uh, like the 
knowing that you can't do anything about it and that it's going to change, it's going to pass is a comfort. So and it just feels like a lot of different threads happening at the same time. Yes. And you have no control over it. So you just kind of let it wash it over you and like crowded. enjoy it. Yes, exactly. And it's, you know, and this song, like you said, is, is extremely enjoyable. The lyrics have nothing to do with brain surgery, um, which would be a little too on the nose anyway. But, I, you know, when I was a kid and I listened to the song, it also reminded me of being an adolescent. And then not just because I listened to it as an adolescent, but because I felt like the crowdedness of the mu- of the instruments and the jumbled of it together kind of feels like being an adolescent feels. Yeah, it's weirdly claustrophobic, the feeling of it. The, the overall feeling of the song. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. a good... That's a good... You should be a writer. You should be a writer. That's a good... <laughs> oh, thanks. That's a good I'll word think about it. it. Okay. If I ever have any ideas. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to read your stuff. Buy my books on um, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't have the lyrics here in front of me. That's stupid. Are Why you would serious? I not do that? Well, while you're getting the lyrics, um, for those of you listening who may not have uh, background on Talking Heads, Talking Heads are the second band that we've covered on the podcast that came out of New York's Bowery and CBGB's in the 1970s. Uh, Pretty much the spawning place of American punk. CBGB's, they probably played with the Ramones, who we just talked about. Exactly. Ramones, Blondie, Patti Smith, Richard Hell, Television, Mm. The Cramps. Oh, yeah. The best parties in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And probably the weirdest ones. Probably. Um, Okay, so I'm looking at my new favorite website. Genius. Genius. Yeah. (laughs) I used to go to song meanings because then, because, and it's still fun to go to songmeanings.com and look up songs that you know, (laughs) because there are, there are comments from like 10 years ago and then people responding to them as if they were just yeah. left. That's why I love, I love that. Genius. I use song facts too, but I've talked about my love for Genius before on the podcast. And I really do because you. I love how people get shitty with each other in the comments. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> like Because someone will be apart. like, it definitely means this thing. And then the other person would be like, no, according to blah, 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 it means your mom. <laughs> like it's it's just beautiful anyway that's the place yes. where you can read the comments <laughs> so born so, under punches so, so and i okay so i since this is a podcast about the lyrics we have to talk about the, the words too which i love okay so this song the reason why i picked this song i could have picked any number of many there is i'm told there are hundreds of songs <laughs> available i picked this one uh because it has my favorite line Maybe in anything ever. I don't know. That changes. But the line is, um, I'm trying to find it so I can get it exactly right. And if you know me, you probably know which line I'm talking about. Like, what is this guy seeing? Holy <laughs> shit. That is just, that's crazy. And nothing else in the song is like that. We have and nothing this, else in the album is like that. We have this theory, a, a pet theory of uh, 
David Byrne actually being an alien. Like, <laughs> like a lot of his it. shtick is not even a shtick. Like he just he writes a lot of songs too that seem to be like an observer of the human race, but not from inside of it. I mean, most tellingly, like humans yeah. do. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Like humans do. Which is another great song. I should have picked that one. But no, I, I mean, that's a good. The great intoxication. Intoxication is probably my personal favorite, but I mean, the he's a, he's brilliant. He has any you could basically throw a dart if you had a wall of Talking Heads or David Byrne records. Throw a dart and you would hit a brilliant song. Yeah. Like, yeah. I will probably die croaking life during wartime. Oh, so good. <laughs> I saw uh, there's a there's a band called Start Making Sense, which I highly recommend. Is this a cover band? They're the they're the tribute band, yes. Oh my! And they um, they uh, they they're based in Philadelphia, and they did uh, they did Stop Making Sense the movie as a concert and recreated all of the set pieces in it live. Oh, that's pretty stage. fun. I wish I could have gone. Like, I, if I had known about it, I totally would have gone. Um, but it does mean that somewhere people had to sit through Genius of Love. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the Tom Tom Club. Fuck them. <laughs> I won't go that far. But yeah. I will say they did have to sit through Genius of Love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, so All due respect to Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not, you know. She made it better. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so, I feel bad. Like, I feel bad bashing Tina Weymouth at all or in any respect because I have one of my favorite performers of all time is a female singer-songwriter and bassist. So I feel like, oh, it's another female bassist. Like, I should be nicer They have nothing to it. do with one another. So Don't feel bad well, about that For those all. of you wondering, the other one is Jonna Napolitano, of, <laughs> uh, formerly of Concrete Blonde, and then a, a long solo career, which is quite lovely. I'm sure we'll, we'll do some Concrete Blonde. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll there. there are um, rumors that I read um, in this book, actually, about the recording of this album where Brian Eno and David Byrne would go in and, after Tina had left, would redo her bass lines. <sighs> and then, but she knew about it, so after they after did it, she would come in after them after and re-record her own back on. Back on. <laughs> which is like, which is insane to me. But anyway, I, well, I mean, I, here's another I'm thing. I'm a huge fan. The, so. the, the John Napolitano thing actually bears a direct relation to Talking Heads because when Tina and the rest of the band reformed as the Heads, Johnette was going to be their front person when they toured. Mm. And the the album No Talking Just Head has several John Napolitano tracks with the remaining Talking Heads sans burn. Do you oh, think that wow. they meant that as a slap to David? No talking. <laughs> no talking, just head, yes. which I think was the name. Of, yeah, that's. It's got. Yeah, they, well, mean, they don't like each other. They still don't like each other. But it also, I mean, the album, the album in itself is a is a good record. It has Debbie Harry on it as well. Yeah, it I've is never a good listened record. to it. I think out of loyalty, <laughs> probably misplaced. It's not like David Burns out there. He knows. David Burns is a band out of He's not thinking about me. Jim Foreman forever. 
<laughs> I so it like... also I also the this song also has um one of my favorite MST3K references because of course I'm that guy. Of course I'm that guy. <laughs> Um, Doesn't it where, predate uh, MST though? In the not too distant future. No, MST oh, yeah. references the song, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. no, they reference the Talking Heads constantly, but they, uh, because of course they do. They, well, you well, know, yeah. For a second, there I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're like, no, David Byrne could see the future. And <laughs> he knew well, the there's... not too distant future. Next Sunday, AD. There would be people referencing his work. <laughs> but there's, I'll explain the reference, which is stupid, you know, it's almost as bad as explaining the joke. But the, there's a there's a moment where, like, some for some reason the bot's body parts have enlarged. or, or and, and Tom Servo comes sliding in from the side with giant hands and he goes, Take a look at these hands! <laughs> which is hilarious. And that's the first line of the song, so... Yes, and then so the song the the is ostensibly it's about Watergate, which everything in this time period was. Now, when I was researching songs for this podcast, I also looked at my other favorite lyricist, one of my favorite lyricists, Frank Zappa, and so much of his stuff is dated, and it's not even like it's not dated like um, oh that still applies to today. It's like, dated like irrelevant, completely irrelevant, like. Like yeah, disco uh, satire is fairly outmoded. Yes, and like one of my favorite um, live pieces from Zappa that I still just enjoy listening to is a Beatles medley that he did that is just mocking um, televangelists, which like don't even aren't even around anymore, really. So, but they all went into prosperity theology, like Joel Osteens and whatnot. Well, I don't think it's God's best. Or um, uh, preparers like uh, what's his face, the PLO guy, Jim Baker. He's a he's a big preparer. PLO, guy. PTA guy. P- P- PTL. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah PLO is radically different. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's not PIL either. No, PIL. Although another <laughs> post punk band. Yes. Um, so the song is ostensibly about Watergate. Um, which I think is a boring thing to be about, but it's about a government. It's the, he, he it's, a, it's like one of David Byrne's favorite subjects, which is paranoid paranoia. Mm-hmm. And this guy, like the narrator of the song is losing his mind ostensibly. And, um, has like, also feels kind of like, um, he's paranoid, but he, and he feels like he doesn't deserve it. You know, like, uh, like the fact that he even describes himself as being born under punches is, mm. is a pretty brash thing to say about yourself. <laughs> I'm a victim. Yeah, right. It's like, you know, uh, I mean, and that's like as a woke, as a, <laughs> describing myself as woke, as a woke <laughs> hipster guy living in a city. You have a beer. For, I have, and I'm drinking seltzer <laughs> with my cat. Um. And it's easy for me to say, you know, that's, but that's, you know, that's a pretty privileged thing to be, you know, it's a, it's a, for, for someone who, for a white guy to say he was born under punches is, you know, come on, dude. It's a lot. You can't say that now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the song is, it's very repetitive. I guess the lyrics, it's not the best song to really like dwell too much on the lyrics. I just, because it's like, 
the the, the yeah. outro i mean the the chorus the whole thing is someone saying and the heat goes on and the heat goes on over and over again at least the last like 10 minutes of the song yeah it's a long it's a long one folks <laughs> it is <laughs> um it's but it's, like, great. it's long enough that you do start to go are you gonna <laughs> yeah right and it's got it's got more lines that i love which and it's partly it's in the way it's delivered but find a little space so we move in between keep one step ahead of yourself i mean i just i love that otherworldness of the song mm. and the i have a, a soft spot for cosmic horror and like cosmic dread and I feel like this song's got a lot of that in it. Yeah, definitely. The end. The end. <laughs> well, uh, fine then. Yeah. No, I mean we can keep talking about talking heads. I mean, I'm uh, a a guided tour through the lyrics. Yeah. Well, you, do you, you want did that? get most I'm... of the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, he saw he started he out taking a look at these so hands. much in this song. Like the hands. Yeah. Look at these hands is like half the song. Yeah, he's talking about his hands a lot. Dude is into his hands. He is way into his hands. And it's basically, like, the rest of it is, like, free association. It seems like. Yeah. And Song Genius mentions this, um, that, uh, it's not called Song Genius. It's called Genius. Genius sponsor us. We love you. (laughs) That's a natural, by the way. But, um, they talk about, um, it's in the book, too, about how, this song has sort of a a preacher quality to it. Like you can imagine a guy standing at a pulpit, like yelling these things, mm-hmm. trying to get people to listen to him. Uh, and which you is know, a, that's a motif suffering. that Byrne returns to periodically. Uh, yeah, like in his live performances of Once in a Lifetime, he very televangelist. So. I'm not a drowning man, and I'm not a burning building. I'm a tumbler. Drowning cannot hurt a man. Fire cannot hurt a man. Not the government, man. Right. Like, (laughs) that's so weird. I mean, it's just... (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, where do you... Like, it just... I. It makes me think of the X-Files, honestly. And it, like, yeah, that makes sense. David Byrne has a thing with fire, for sure. <laughs> I am John Jones. He's so he's really into fire and water. He loves that, the motifs. Perhaps that's one of the he only does. vulnerabilities of <laughs> his, his alien species. species. <laughs> right. He's given us the keys to take him over. Yeah. And he's also super into the government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's super into the government being super into his business. <laughs> right. Which they so probably like... weren't until his, like, 10th or 12th reference. To the <laughs> they were like, who's this like, kid all right, from Mars? Who's this kid from Mars? <laughs> oh, all right. He keeps talking about us. Now we have to start a phone. <laughs> we should start listening to his phone calls. Uh, all right. Well, that that was Born Under Punches by the Talking Heads. Great, Great song. song. Listen to it, dudes. Yes. You can listen to it. We, we have made a Spotify list of all the episode songs that you can go to. And it is rapidly becoming the strangest playlist that uh, the world has ever seen. We, we put Informer on it last week. And now we're going to put Semi-Charmed Life on so, and I don't know. I don't know this song. Are like, you serious? Is this song? 
I don't. No. Yes. I don't know. I. I, 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 would I would have sing to listen it to be it. like, of course you know this song, Jim Foreman. Everyone you do, who go was, ahead, who was oh, one of those. in the 90s. All I right, love so hearing you sing it. My problem <laughs> with wait, wait, Life. We're going to start with your problem with Semi Charm Life. By Third Eye Blind. By Third Eye Blind. In 1997, stormed and the air. Coincidentally, Cartoon Planet. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cartoon Planet is probably that one of the greatest. And Space Goes Coast to Coast were all airing at the same time. And this song starts with a do 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 chorus, which and the singer's cadence is I don't know the singer's name. I'm sure we will. Stephen Jenkins. Stephen Jenkins <laughs> has cadences in this song that sound very brack. What are you looking at, hockey puck? Oh, boom! And so the song I always hear in my head do do do. And that's how it starts. And they're like, okay, okay. Now that you're, no, okay. Yeah. Now, once I'm, we get to the chorus, you're gonna know what it is. Yeah. But the doot doot doots is what starts the song, right. and you're going to be further disappointed because he they basically stole it from Lou Reed. Did they admit this? Yes, they have talked about it. And I mean, it doesn't, it's not stolen from Lou Reed. It's just do. It's the word do. Yeah, it's a, It's not even in the same sort of arrangement melody. in any sense, but I guess it's inspired by. And I mean, this, again, this is things you read on the internet. And I'm not saying anything that he, that Stephen Jenkins probably wouldn't agree with, but like Lou Reed's is better. I mean, of course Lou Reed is better. Lou Reed is Lou Reed. Yeah. This is third eye blind guy. Stephen Jenkins. Right. He has a name now. He has a name. (laughs) (laughs) So, um. Is he the writer of this song? Yes. He's the lead singer and songwriter of third eye blind. Um. Actually, I, I want you to know that you know this song, so we're going to go over the chorus before we go over the rest of the song. Because it goes... Semi-charmed kind of life. Yes. Okay, I'm typing it in. I or semi-charmed to... life. Okay, sorry. Yes. See, I did know... Okay. See, I knew the... Okay. Everybody no, knows this Everybody song. knows the doo-doos and the chorus. The and radio that's, that's still it. plays it. Yeah. If you yeah, turn on I any could... of... The uh, robotic radio station, Bob FM, across the world, across the United States, since they are in every city and pretend to be a local radio station in every yeah. city. Uh, All right, I'm going to stop reading these lyrics. They, they play it on, <laughs> on heavy rotation. You should, we can just pause and you can listen to the song. No, that's fine. Continue. <laughs> okay. We should capture my reactions in real time. <laughs> I agree. Okay, so I don't know if I should tell you what the song is about right away since you don't know. Well, I start with start with the verse and like the chorus to the verse. Like the chorus to the verse. <laughs> That's <it. laughs> sorry. I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's the buried lead here. You like this song? I love it. Oh, you said the L word. Only, only 90s kids will remember Third Eye Blind. So, Third Eye Blind came out in 1997, as I said. So, of course, I have, like, youthful memories of, of this song. And it is... 
when you don't understand what being a meth addict is, <laughs> this song sounds great. And it's supposed to because it's supposed to sound shiny and poppy and happy. But it's it's about being addicted to meth and ruining your relationship. Yeah. And from the beginning, we start off with that because he says, I'm packed and I'm holding. He's clearly holding drugs. There's no other way to. And especially in the context of the rest of the song. I'm smiling. She's living. She's golden. She lives for me. Says she lives for me. Ovation. Her own motivation. She comes round and she goes down on me. Self-explanatory. Like, that is definitely... It's always amazing to me how much of this song just snuck through on the radio. Right. Like, and they still play it. Yeah, they censor, like, one word occasionally. Mm -hmm. and But, yeah, this was on heavy rotation everywhere on every radio station constantly. And people think it's a fun summertime jam. Yep. And it, that well, this is... Was a Go ahead, I'm sorry, this was around the same time that um, Jagged Little Pill came out, right? Yes. And that that had a very clear uh, BJ reference in it, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was mean, this, the, this is just this like the, the tip of BJ's? the iceberg with Semi-Charmed Life. It gets way uh, worse. It gets way great. worse from here. Bring it on. Uh, okay. And I make her smile like a drug for you. Do ever what you want to do coming over you. Keep on smiling what we go through. One right, stop to gross. the rhythm that divides you. Yeah, so, I'm guessing that that is meant to be a double entendre. Indeed, it is. There, Gross. there is absolutely no doubt. Like they are, they've actually Stephen Jenkins, your friend, has, has said that. He's that not my friend. Is. We just work together. <laughs> we, we work together in the song factory. <laughs> so, at this point in the song, the relationship is just like we're doing drugs together. It's great. We're having sex. It's great. This, this is great. I hope it never ends. <sighs> and I yeah. speak to you like the course to the verse chop another line like a coda with a curse so literally chop another line they never beep this <laughs> and I like that there are a lot of double meanings in this song I know that some some of them are innuendo a lot of them are innuendo but like I, I just find a coda with a curse interesting chop another line like a coda with a curse like, I find a lot of the turns of phrase in this interesting. So, you know, I gotta be honest, it, Coda with a Curse sounds like some, uh, like, junior high writing class okay, crap. So me. I have a point that I want to make about this, too. And it actually uh, sort of ties into this, because Stephen Jenkins is definitely, like, the type of guy who girls sleep with and then regret it. <laughs> <laughs> because he also has these terms of phrase. I can relate. And Go then ahead. one of the things that so Song Facts, shout out Song Facts, said they did an interview with him. And one of the things that he said was so amazing to me that I had to write it down because it definitely sounds like something that a creep would whisper to you in a bar and then you'd be like, Oh man, that's really deep if you were like twenty one. <laughs> so he was talking about the song and he says, Perfection is the moment right before gravity kicks in. <laughs> anyway, I love this song. Can I just go back to pretending we're actually saying this song? Lima, lento, joy, and pinto. Like, especially when it gets to, like, the slowed down, like, pretty part. Wait. I want to it <laughs> I'm still in the pre-chorus. Okay. Come on like a freak show takes the stage. We give them the games we play, she say. So she is saying this. I want something else. 
which was originally, I want nothing else, which was changed with no explanation. And I'm going to say that my explanation is that if you say, I want nothing else about meth, that that story is not going to end well. So it's, I want something else to get me through this semi-time kind of life. I want something else. I'm not listening when you say goodbye. So she's saying that. Is this an English band? No. No. How dare you, (laughs) sir? How dare you? (laughs) So we're at the second verse. Is everyone okay? The sky was gold. It was Rose. I was taking sips up into my nose. Oh, shit. (laughs) Cocaina. (laughs) And I wish I could get back there someplace. Back there smiling in the pictures you would take. Doing crystal meth will lift you up until you break. And it won't stop. It won't stop. <laughs> I won't come down. Now, the crystal meth part is was in the 90s, like beeped or garbled. So like some radio stations, this is and it's the only part that they would. Well, there's a whole part of the song they cut out. We're going to go over that. And, I've, uh, and what's funny is like we were talking about the different parts that have been bleeped. Yeah. I've never heard the crystal meth part bleeped. Yeah, they like used the- to, I know they used to do it, but it wasn't. Well, I don't remember bleep. I remember the word like Bleh. Like, and then if like you, the Tom Petty, let's roll another. Yes, nyalsht. yes, it's like a nyalsht. A nyalsht. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, but it is. Um, if you watch the video, he actually puts his hand over his mouth during crystal meth, and makes like a, a smirky, shitty face that you're like, yeah, yeah. girls regret sleeping with you. Wait, and this is not a British band. <laughs> no. How dare you? <laughs> Again, <laughs> sir. Do you want to come on this podcast again? I will list every Great British band that I love. (laughs) (laughs) They're all mopey and would never do crystal meth. Um, Most of them wouldn't. Okay, I'm I'm bringing up the video now. Morrissey would not do crystal meth. I'm a sensitive little thing. (laughs) Okay, uh, now now that I'm hearing this. Yeah, I told you, I know you know it. This was bumping out of every shitty house party. Yes. You can yes. hear this yes. shit at Kennywood. Family started coming here for picnics about the time of the Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you would be traipsing through Kennywood and wherever they had their speaker set up, you do, 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 do. <laughs> right. So this song is ubiquitous yeah. and it's filthy and it's about drugs. Yeah. So let's see. Where were we? It won't stop. It won't come down. I keep stopped with a TikTok rhythm, a bump for the drop. And then I bumped up. I took the hit that I was given. That's four? And at this point, I like, I whatever his intention was with this song, at this point, it just sounds like he's bragging about his drug tolerance. It, pretty much. I mean, we're still in the He's part like, where, oh, like, you I know, got like, so wasted. Yes. I did so. I did all of the drugs. We're, right now, we're still in like the happy part of it. It's gonna start to go bad real, yeah. real quick, though. So, the the next pre-chorus is, "How do I get back there to the place where I fell asleep inside you?" Ugh. Well, well, yeah. Come on, dude. <laughs> and just as an aside, I I want everyone to acknowledge how hard it would be to fall asleep inside someone like how methed out you have to like go over the hump 
of not wanting to ever sleep again and come back around to passing out. The shortcut, like, it, well, unless it was pinky finger in the ear. Can you emphasize a bit in, in July? <laughs> pinky finger in the ear is easy to do. You can keep was, that up for days. Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how do I get myself back to the place where you said, and then we go back into that I want something else part. So that's that's the, the technical chorus. Now, verse three is sometimes um, chopped in half because that wasn't a pun. Um, the part that the radio plays is, I believe in the sand beneath my toes. And to me, this is more of a bridge. Like, yeah, Genius says totally this is bridge. verse three, that but I totally think a it's a bridge. Um, and it goes, I believe in the sand beneath my toes. Hey! Beach gives a feeling, an earthy feeling. I believe in the faith that grows, and the four right chords can make me cry. Now, this is where we stop, and we're like, I love this song. I still love this song. I don't care. No one's ever going to convince me to not love this song. And it's no because... trying to. I know, but I feel really attacked every time I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm with you, I feel like I could die, and that would be all right. All right. So then... When you're listening to this on the radio, we are coming to the part that they usually cut out, and it's the part where everything goes bad. So when you hear the regular version of the song, it's just like, you're hearing a happy song about how doing meth is awesome. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they cut out the part that goes bad, which is this. <clears throat> when the plane came in, she said she was crashing. The velvet it rips in the city, we tripped on the urge to feel alive. Those days you were wearing the velvet dress. You are the priestess, I must confess. Now, here's some panties. Those little red panties, they pass the test. Slide up round the belly, face down on the mattress. Now, at least they don't play this part on the radio. But then, and you hold me and we are broken. Still, it's all that I want to do just a little now. Feel myself hovered off the ground. I'm scared I'm not coming down. No, no. And I won't run for my life. She's got her jaws now locked down in a smile. But nothing is all right. So the jaws locked down in a smile is definitely like we have done too much speed and everything is awful. And we're never going to get back to where we were romantically or probably in our lives at all. And then... The chorus again, the happy, happy little chorus. So her, the the part of her out the the part of the song that describes her outfit is what gets bleeped or removed. That whole thing. The panties face down on the mattress and like all the stuff that comes after it. And personally, I think that stuff's cut for time. You think? I think that's I think that's a single edit. It makes a it a different edit. song. It, it makes does. it a totally it different makes song. It makes it a more marketable song, and it makes um, it a shorter song. Maybe. I mean, that's I mean, that's, that's a very that's a very generous. The patriarchy loves you for saying that, Steve. Um, I think I I think it's less than. I mean. Like, because they kept in the BJ stuff for trying to chop out 30 seconds of a song wherever they can be it uh, anything from sticks come sail away, come sail away. they chop out the instrumental to uh, I've heard versions of under pressure that are that have chunks cut out for a single edit yeah 
mean, now actually, that I, enrages I, me. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't think it's particularly generous. Like, if anything, I'm. It's a cynical look at how uh, they were on. This is their major label record debut. Yeah. They have a song that's a guaranteed summer pop hit. So and take out the thirty seconds cut, of it. We got to cut down the sad. We got to cut out some of this time. And hey, let's cut this sad ass part. Like, <laughs> leave in all the mess and the fucking. Because you speak so fast, nobody understands what you're saying, which is the key to this song being a hit and being played at, like, frat parties and whatnot. Yeah. Like, so and Kenny <laughs> by the carousel. Eating cotton candy, thinking about crystal meth. All right, And so you know what? Oh, Has this dude me. ever done crystal meth? You know what? I'm. It bugs me that people write songs about this kind of stuff when they... Like, has he ever done crystal meth? Really? I'm sure that he has. And I don't know that it's... I think that some of it might be about coke. It's about, like, speed. It's about having a speed problem, for sure. I mean, I guess we could quibble about exactly what it is. He says crystal meth in the song. Yeah. There's, like, so much talk about bumps, so it's definitely some sort of speed. Must go faster. Must go faster. Must go faster. Like... Well, yeah, you know, I'm gonna... I'm gonna roll, uh, uh slow my roll here a little bit uh and and not be a complete douche because um i it's the there's no the the uh the irony is not lost on me that a science fiction writer is having an issue with someone singing about something they don't experience <laughs> that would be stupid and i'm not going to do it go ahead this song also um existed in a world where like the actual meth problem in the united states was not a horrific nightmare at least not as much yeah this is 20 20 years before breaking bad yeah <laughs> cow house yeah where they live the cows oh, it was yeah. like a rock star thing <laughs> yeah, yeah it wasn't cute yeah. yet yeah yeah it, it was like a uh like a like an underground like, people would do it at raves occasionally mm. and things like that. But anyway, that's semi-charm kind of life. Uh, I love that you love it so much. <laughs> I will never stop loving it. I'm, and I'm not even going to try to pretend that it's not the only... It's, I like other Third Eye Blind songs now, as well. Now, am I correct in thinking you also liked the song before you knew what it was about? I did. And then once you found out what it was about, you were like, scandalous. Well, I mean... Uh, but that made I think it more it was, attractive. Yes, it was, I was definitely the age where I was like, I'm not supposed to know about Because it was dark, this. nasty, yes. huge, <laughs> stuff yes. in the middle of this pop song. I am the girl that would have regretted sleeping with Stephen Jenkins. <laughs> 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 so, thank you, Third Eye Blind. And I, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to this next segment because Foreman picked what is probably my favorite They Might Be Giants song. Yes. Ah. Which is Anna Eng. Yes, I almost... Yes, no, there was no question that this was going to be one of my picks. Because, um... It's, I think it's a well-known song. At least, I think people who know They Might Be Giants probably have heard this song. Or people who were alive. What is this? We're, we're so the product of our time. Yeah, we very much are. But <laughs> like, I, I do diverge on They Might Be Giants because I hate them and I can't listen to them. You know what? This is like, okay. Tell us, so, <laughs> tell us why you hate them. Okay. Um, so everybody has, uh, I think, the one band or maybe two or three 
that you can't listen to because one of your exes was really shitty about it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and this particular ex, one year he bought me a copy of The Flaming Lips, um, The Soft Bulletin, for my birthday. I don't listen to The Flaming Lips. I will never listen to The Flaming Lips. <laughs> and I, I don't know if he was trying to prove to me that his musical taste was better, but... Fighting with me about your musical taste being better is never going to turn out very well for you. And so the second birthday, we were together. He bought me tickets to see They Might Be Giants. Which were his favorite band. Yes. His favorite band. Not yours. (laughs) Not mine and never will be now. And actually, (laughs) it created a block that I will never listen to them. So it had the exact opposite effect of what he intended. Because I did not sit at that show and think, wow, I really love the jams that are coming out of the stage. I thought, I hate you so much. (laughs) 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 And... So you're not going to be able to change my mind, but I couldn't change Steve's mind about Third Eye Blind. Sometimes we all just have to disagree, but but try, Foreman. Well, okay. So this is a, there's a th- I have a theory, and as you know, many of my theories are stupid. But <laughs> this is and this is probably also stupid. But there is a so and it, I share my stupid theories on Twitter a lot. Um, uh. And this one, the, this one, the first one I'm going to share with you has consistently been reinforced. But there's a, okay, girls don't like space. Like women, I don't mean girls as in like girls. I mean women don't like space. They, there is some kind of, there's, there's something in the feminine aspect that makes women just by nature despise the idea of outer space. Now, I don't like space, but I know women who do. Okay. okay. And I know women who like space things if there's character in the space yes. I mean, women hate space. They <laughs> don't like astronauts. They don't like things that are happening in no, space. They find the whole concept upsetting we have and... a mutual friend jenny yes pit girl she definitely likes space foreman she does we also have a mutual friend amy who despises space <laughs> get her talking about it it's really funny so your your theory is already proven wrong uh, yes as many most of them are but it's not data Women, women be shopping. <laughs> women hate space. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> so this is another. Here's another one. Women don't like they might be giants. For the, I mean, uh, if m- all women are me, then this is true. But all women are not me. Yeah, I know. that's I have true. And I know non-statistical data. <laughs> but I know, I know that, a lot of women I, who are like. I'm like, there's a new they might be giants album or something. Like I. I don't really like the Giants. It, it's not like a hate like they have for space. It's just like I, you know, I think because maybe it's the, the same kind of thing because there's so many guys like me who were really into the Mighty Giants that, and it's it's really the guys like me they don't like. That is something and, that I do want to talk about because though I like you and you like they might be Giants, they might be Giants 
much like Pink Floyd for me, can be utterly ruined by its fan base. They're oh, God. A red Fans flag ruin everything. Like the, uh, like, the people who are just way into Particle Man and, yeah. like, love the, that Tiny Toons episode and all the that. The Istanbul, yeah. not Constantinople. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's just, like, I like Lincoln. I, uh, Lincoln's a great album. Flood, I'm not really big on. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a particular type of fandom where they're super cute about it, and they're usually they usually make a lot of Simpsons references. Oh and, yeah, and uh, it's, it's, God. it's toxic to me. <laughs> like it, it's just I like all the boys fans people. that want to space out and not talk about Roger Waters' problems with Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> like so, I there there's a particular type of, of fan. Don't talk to me about Pink, yeah. Pink Floyd unless you want to talk about Thatcher. Don't talk to me about Floyd unless you want to talk about Roger Waters' dad dying in World War II. Because that's the most interesting thing in Pink Floyd. That and him watching his friend go mad. It's not about spacing out, tripping we, while you're listening to David Gilmore's sweet guitar solo. Well, it's fine. You women don't up, like space anyway. But women you don't like space. Um, Margaret, you, you brought up Margaret Thatcher. Speaking of women who don't like something, there is a hilarious clip, and I will try to find it and send it to you, um, of a Scottish woman talking about the death of Margaret Thatcher. And does she call her a cunt? She she says something like they should hammer a stake in her heart to make sure she stays dead. And the and in a very Scottish accent. And the 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 interviewer is like, that's like a super rude thing to say about somebody. And then the woman's reaction is like, well, you know, she was a massive cunt. So. <laughs> uh, anyway. So tell us about Anna Egg. They might be giant. Okay. So should we just talk about the lyrics? Because the lyrics will tell the story. So the the the, the this was written by um, John Linnell, by the way. If you don't know, they might be giants. It's two guys named John. Already, we're in precious category. We're in precious territory. Oh yeah, that's before you get to the accordions. Yeah, yeah, and there's accordions. So, um, make a hole with a gun perpendicular to the name of this town in a desktop globe. Exit wound in a foreign nation. Showing the home of the one this was written for. I the, so I really love that because there is like. There was a, uh, uh, there's a, a frame of mind you can get in when you have, uh, when you're prone to, uh, let's say fantastic ideations as a child or as a youth, as a youth, as a youngster. Whereas, where you can have this idea that if you may, if you take a globe and you put, make a hole from where I am straight through it, Wherever that the other end of that hole is, that's the girl for me. Like that's where my soulmate's gonna be, and I love that. And that's this whole song is about that. Yeah, and and even just when you're young and you're captivated by the notion of digging all the way through the earth and going to an exotic place. Yeah. Yes, that that, that extremely too. Looney Tunes notion. We're all a little loony. Yeah, right. But what? Yeah, this, the uh, the first line of the song, especially the the first time first time you hear it, make a hole with a gun perpendicular, is extremely captivating because he starts with making, and you you're immediately trying to play catch up from there. You're trying to catch up to his train of thought, and the words yes. do not stop. So when you're trying to process uh, the verses to this song, 
the first time you hear it and really try to really try to process what he's saying it, it's it's at a, an incredible experience like it's it's already challenging you like, like and, and i this maybe this is another thing that turns people off the giants, giants but it's like it's, it's really making you think man, man. Like you're, you're immediately, you gotta, gotta think, think about, about these lyrics. They're, They're not just happening. Like, nah, man, I just want to rock. I just want to hear about crystal meth and blowjobs. <laughs> and like, this is this is a more evolved form of they might be giants. They're no, they're no longer singing about puppet heads and whatnot. Yeah. Like, right. This, this Which... is a song that has some funny and witty and clever turns of phrase, but it's ultimately a very somber kind of song. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it, it, I, I've always been fascinated with the idea of soulmates in general, and this song is, I think, solidly in that genre. I mean, like I said, I, the, the fantasy ideation of it is what always appealed to me. And the, 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 tell, me uh, tell me about your apartment being upside down from there. <laughs> yeah, so the, it, it continues. My apartment looks upside down from there. Water spirals the wrong way out the sink. And her voice is a backwards record. It's like a whirlpool and it never ends. Which is just like a, like, she exists in uh, this kind of like, what is it, like some kind of Susian weirdo world where, like, it's like, like, uh, childishly he can't imagine what... Where, where someone, someone with a name, name like this would live, and, and we haven't even gotten to the name yet. And there's the the whole uh, the whole Coriolis effect myth and speculation of water yeah. spiraling the wrong way depending on where right. you are on the Earth, and the fact that her water doesn't go the same way as his water. It's it's yes. Um, and then he gets into with the course immediately. Um, Anna Ang and I are getting old, and we still haven't walked in the glow of each other's majestic presence. Listen, Listen, Anna, hear my words. They're the ones... Okay, I love this line. They're the ones you would think I would say if there was a me for you. Which is so beautiful because he's imagining that she might be imagining that he's there, too. You know, that she's doing these same weirdo-like calculations in her head that he's doing and continues to do throughout the rest of the song. And I'll just we'll go right into the next verse, because that's where it picks up again. All alone at the 64 World's Fair, 80 dolls yelling small girl after all, which they're not saying. They're saying small world after all, but he's like, you know, he's got these this ideation. Who, who was at the DuPont Pavilion? Why was the bench still warm? Who had been there? So he's imagining that he had just, that he just ran into her. That they just, their paths very nearly crossed. And then he skips to a completely different time. Or the time when the storm tangled up the wire to the horn on the pole at the bus depot. And in the back of the edge of hearing, these are the words that the voice was repeating. And then you get the source of the... Like, so this this poor narrator is sitting at the, at the bus depot of all places during a storm poor narrator all right this is why women don't like they might be giants so this douche (laughs) no he's a poor misguided soul poor darling is is making up some shit in his head and there's probably a girl that's like swinging on the swings in that same vicinity that is like, yes. oh, I would really like to go out with him. And he's just like, Anna Ang on the other side of the world, you're my perfect girl. 
<laughs> yes, yes, it's a it's, it's a name, name that that that, that comes from the, the that, that, that isn't even like, like that's like essentially white noise. It's like, like feedback from a broken speaker that he's, he's hearing. These are the words that the voice was repeating. And that's that's, that's, that's who is that's who he's fixated fixated, fixated on. Um, and, and then, then the, the, the chorus again, again, which is I still think a, a beautiful chorus, and, and it matches so well with the video. And I think this uh, song, to me, is is very um, closely like it's hard for me to think about this song without thinking about the video and. I think if you're listening to this and you haven't watched this video, which is probably pretty unlikely, but you know the video I'm talking about, which is all, all these extreme close-ups and like close-ups of their mouths, like moving and like these giant props and like all this weird stuff happening and like the shadow, like it's like they're filled, their shadows are filmed from below and they're making like these giant movements, but it's like the, 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 I, I don't know where I was going with that, but the, the, the video is amazing. Um, so I just uh, I, I I was compelled to to pull up something on Anna Ang that like I didn't realize I had made this connection already, but John Leno actually said that the the part about uh, shooting and we were talking about digging a hole to the opposite side of the world. That's literally one of the things that inspired it from a Pogo comic strip. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Wait, what's Pogo? Pogo is Walt Kelly's uh, funny satire animal cartoon. It was a huge uh, comic strip. It was a huge influence on Calvin and Hobbes and Jeff Smith's Bone. Mm. It's uh, they, it's various talking animals. Pogo is, is, I believe, a possum is what he is technically. I could there was be wrong. a cartoon not long ago too, but uh, it's it's a gentle kind of uh, good-natured uh, comic, and they did some uh, some political satire, but it was never anything too partisan. It was more of a satire of the entire process of running for president. So, like there was a, there were I go Pogo pat, like buttons you could get, and Pogo was running for president at one point. So it's it's a very well known. I've only read a handful of strips, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a really well regarded comic strip. It takes place I in remember the Okefenokee say, Swamp. I remember I was going to say about the video. So the, the, another reason why this video sticks in my head is because we had a tape, a VHS tape, if you can believe it. That was um, all of the They Might Be Giants videos released up to that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, this was one of them. There were a bunch of others. But John Linnell and John Flansburg looked – we had my brother – I have I have four brothers. We had – one of the other brothers and I had the younger uh, – one of our younger brothers convinced – that John Flansburg and John Linnell were that he and I were those two, and we were in the video because I kind of looked like John Flansburg at the time. I had glasses and short hair, and my brother David looks kind of still does kind of look like John Linnell with the same haircut that every dude had in the eighties. Then, anyway, so that's why uh, you know it's a, that's a special place for me. So uh, how does that video. this? Uh, story about the the little the boy end the you know 
<laughs> Wait, we haven't gotten to the best part yet. Okay, the pathetic boy. Oh, I thought you were going to say fuck boy. Okay, the fuck boy. No, he's too young to be a fuck boy. <laughs> this is, I feel like I'm protesting like too much. Like, this is about me, guys. This isn't just some... But anyway, we, the, the best part of this song... Not the best... Okay, that's up to interpretation. But the, the, It's my favorite part of the song. Okay, so he goes... The, it, the song it hits the bridge and it's like it, you know it suddenly gets weird weirder and um you hear john linnell say when i was driving once i saw this painted on a bridge and then a woman's voice comes in like on a phone or something very distorted and she says i don't want the world i just want to and then the song picks up again so i trying to take over his hat no, see, that's what I always thought when I was a kid, that it was so, kind of, um, you know, a little bit uh, evil. I mean, it's like, not threatening mean. to me. I would take right. that as a threat. But I have since, in talking to other people about this... I think you're going to get to my perspective on it, yeah. Which is like, which is a love thing, which is saying, I don't want the world, I just want the, I just want to be part of the half you're in. Hmm. Or as I, I, I interpret it as, uh, I don't want the world, I just want your half, meaning I I don't want everything, but I wish I was in the place that you occupy. Not necessarily with the person, but the things you have access to and, and your existence and your social structure and what you have around you. Like, I want to be a part of... I wish I had your life. Wandering free. Wish I could be. Part of that world. Very nice. So, um. Yeah. Disney, not a How does she say it? Like, is she, she saying says, it? I don't want the world. I just want to have. And it's a friend of theirs that they actually recorded saying it on a telephone. Hmm. That's great. They, they might be giant thing to do about that. <laughs> It's also a very bright eyes so, thing. <laughs> so they might be giants had their own hotline. Uh, dial a song. You could call every day and there would be a different song. Like <laughs> they, they were they were one of the first to do that. Like I uh I came across we mentioned we end up mentioning Weird Al periodically on this, but Weird Al was how I found they might be giants. When Weird Al took over MTV and played the videos that he wanted to watch on Al TV, she would do periodically. He would always play a They Might Be Giants video. First oh, one I yeah. saw if was they... Don't Let's Start. Don't, don't, don't let's start. Then when Lincoln came out, Anna Ng, like, and so it's Weird Al's fault that I like They Might Be Giants. It's also his fault that I know who Todd Rundgren is. Hello, it's me. Which ties into episode one. Uh, it's, it's his fault that uh, I know far too much about like niche acts and like Neil Diamond, Neil Young's weird doo-wop record and things like that. <laughs> well, Foreman, it does Did you sound like Dr. Demento. Is that who you're talking about? I'm talking no, about Weird, weird Al. Al. Weird Al when he oh. would take over uh, MTV so you're not, and you're... host Al TV. It would be right, a right. Okay. Just his videos. And to me, that's the, we weren't allowed to watch MTV for a weird period of my life, but we, but I still, we had, I could listen to whatever I wanted on the radio. My mom didn't care. We weren't, as long as I wasn't bothering anyone. And I would listen to Dr. Demento all the time. And so I was getting the same experience. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where a lot of my, I think, yeah, I'm like going a biscuit from, older than you. So my weird time of not being allowed to watch MTV ended before yours. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but the, the path from 
Dr. Demento to Weird Al to They Might Be Giants to Frank Zappa, at least in, in my case, is like a totally understandable, like if, if oh, yeah. Spore the video game had a music version, that would be it. I'd like to show you me beautiful spores. For guys like me. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a very like linear progression. Like, yeah, and it, I think pretty common across the entire world. Or the entire United States in the uh, mid to late 90s. The suburban experience. <laughs> yes. That's our Spielberg. Well, I certainly didn't mean to crap on your romantic song. I get that it's romantic. Oh, I just have to offer the the other. We're not we're no, not done yet. We're not done. No, it gets, gets it gets even more romantic. Next, oh no. Time. Yeah, but Okay. This but okay, this is also where I have to bring up the fact that this was my this was what my ex-wife and I considered our song. And I now I've been divorced for 12 years. So this is not like a this is not like a like a, an open wound for me or anything. But it, but it's such a it was such a powerful thing at the time. I was I got married young, so it was, you know, it's still full sap, you know, as Rocket Raccoon would say. And the the this line is it's a kind of a weepy line where he goes, they don't need me here and I know you're there. Where the world goes by like the humid air. You know, is such a like a strong um it's so yearning and like pathetic. And transitory. Yeah, well that too. Uh, where the world goes by like the humid air, and it sticks like a broken record. Everything sticks like a broken record. Everything sticks until it goes away. And the truth is we don't know anything. Yikes. That's such a They Might Be Giants, like, like conclusion to a song. Because um, I'm thinking of an, another one of their songs, which is, um, I'm going to, st- I'm st- stumping myself my brain since i in case you didn't know folks i had brain surgery so ever since then my brain my memory has not quite worked properly but there is a there's a line in a famous they might be giant song that i can't recall now where um oh shit this is gonna bother me now just look it up that's why we have the internet or if you give me the line i i probably i might know it um, it's, uh, is it something from, no, no, yeah, no, 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 uh, no, wait, it's all right on the tip of my tongue. I got it here. Hold on. No one in the world ever gets what they want and that is beautiful. That's uh, from Don't, don't Let's start. start. Yes. Which is also from Lincoln, I believe. No, Don't Let's Start's from the first Flood. album. No, Don't oh, Let's Start is the self-titled They Might Be Giants. It's the self, is it really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah every, so, so <laughs> and I, it's such a they might be giants to me. And then the the, the next line in that song is, so the the, the first line is nobody in this world ever gets what they want, and that is beautiful. Everybody dies frustrated and sad, and that is beautiful. Yeah, that's actually the only they might be giants song that I like. And it's a great one to choose as the one that you like. You've redeemed yourself in my eyes. Evelyn. <laughs> so then he goes, uh, uh, but yeah, but uh, anyway, that, 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 um, that cheerful, um, <clears throat> surrender to inevitability appeals to me. I think it appealed to me at a young age and it continues to appeal to me as someone who has had a very, um, close, uh, Scream. Close call with cancer. Yeah. 
I think that also, like, you know, like, um, it, it, it makes, it gives you perspective on things. Like, people often asked me, um, after my tumor, does that, did it give you perspective? Like, did you, did she, like, 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 like my life was going to turn into some kind of eat, pray, love horseshit. Right. Like, su- like mm. suddenly you would be like, now I know everything and what I want to do and who I am. And yeah, yeah no, no, it didn't. It, it, I, I got sick. sick. I, <laughs> I thankfully didn't die, die from that being sick. sick. And, and I'm, I, I did kind of get more in touch with, with my mortality, mortality, I think. And I got, got a little more okay with the idea of the inevitability of dying frustrated and sad right and 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 understanding that lyric a little more like yeah you know what that is kind of beautiful it's 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 the the most universal human experience really wow how and we got there from a song about an unrequited love i guess and the yeah there's a a freedom in admitting the things you don't know and that no matter how much knowledge we accumulate or how much data or how much we can quantify experience that we ultimately we don't have the answers to life's questions in any sort of way that uh basically everyone discerns it for themselves so in the end we don't know anything yeah, yeah. and, and it is beautiful, beautiful. And then it, I, I love acknowledging that. I, you know, I, I think that goes to why I'm uh, they might be Giants fan largely uh, in larger part, and also a fan. I think uh, being a fan of um, Weird Al and then they might be Giants. I think leads you into a certain appreciation for absurdity and surrealness, and especially the the humorous parts of that i mean you brought up space ghost which is i think you know that's the seed of surreal humorous surreal planted in our brains you know when we were too young to know what was happening yeah particularly in the case of cartoon planet i always think of it as good-natured absurdity yes and or as poppins would say stuff and nonsense (laughs) yes so evelyn did i change your mind about they might be giants uh, no, um, I didn't. That's fine. You didn't, you didn't change my mind about some of my charm of life. That song is still a piece of shit. <laughs> you didn't no, even remember I'm, what song it was. First. No, that's true. I didn't. I that song is uh, reminds me of being extremely anxious in college and drinking too much and having crushes on girls who never would like me. It reminds me of stressing out over finals. <laughs> that's that's semi-charmed life for me. Like, it reminds me of Space Ghost with my roommates and finals. It reminds me of being like, I don't have to call my parents when I'm going somewhere. This is the greatest. <laughs> Anybody got any I'm crystal? Not that message? much younger than us, are you? Um, I am a little bit. <laughs> you don't have to say. I'm um, sorry. I am. That's very rude. Fifteen of me. years younger than both of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will say she is also a biscuit younger than me. <laughs> there's, there's yeah, a lot of biscuits. That's what I thought. 
That's what I thought. <laughs> All right. So that seems. I, I'm the Star Wars generation. Her generation grew up on that Empire Strikes Back bullshit. <laughs> to quote Mr. Show. Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars. <laughs> I had someone come to me at 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 the cafeteria. We um as a this is probably going to get cut. It probably should be, but but because it's boring. But someone um knows that my department is always at. We only only go to the cafeteria on Fridays, and we always go as a group. Whatever. Say, take of that you know can make of that what you will but um one person who's a friend of mine do you was at a different like shoulder table shoulder? like do you do you like walk in like we run this <laughs> you can't sit with us if we had like one tenth of the respect that that would need then yes but no. it's like oh god here comes the marketing <laughs> But someone who was at a different table having a conversation about Star Trek was convinced that there was a show between Enterprise and Deep Space Nine and was convinced that that show existed. And they were like, you mean Voyager? And she was like, no, it's not Voyager. This is a different show. You mean between Next Gen and Deep Space Nine? No. No, she, no, she was wrong. There was no show. Enterprise is like Enterprise and then Discovery. So like, right. her chronology is all off. Well, she thought there was one between Deep Space Nine and Enterprise. and um, Or Deep Space Nine slash Voyager and Enterprise. Which there was not. There was, a, there was like a dead period there. But, so she comes to me. They, because they said, go ask Jim, he'll know. Which he did. And I knew exactly what she was talking about. I said, are you talking about Babylon 5 in my presence? Oh, wow. I sound like a total asshole. Like, but I was a total asshole to her. I said, how dare you bring up Babylon 5 in my I said, madam. <laughs> yeah, because history's retrofitted Babylon 5 now that J. Michael Straczynski has written so many well-loved comics. So people are going uh, back and pretending that they liked Babylon 5 when nobody liked Babylon 5 at the time except for a handful of diehards who couldn't get any other space operas. Yeah, yeah and I think uh, uh, there's a certain kind of classism involved in, in not liking Babylon 5 because it was, on, it was on the channels you could get on an antenna. And I think that sort of had like a negative connotation for a lot of people. At least that's what I'm gleaning from the internet. Because you didn't, you didn't need cable to watch it. I don't know. Maybe that's full of shit. But I sound like an asshole for saying. I sound like like the the comic book guy for having that kind of reaction to um, Babylon Five. But frankly, that show is garbage. And if you like it, you have bad taste. I feel like I I'm just would be like, "Hey, Will, cut all this," and he's just still not going to cut it. So I mean, Tron was on Babylon Five. Oh my god. Bruce, Bruce Boxleitner. Boxleitner. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Boxleitner was the the lead. He was the captain on that show or commander or whatever the hell oh, right. called him. Well, because, because they, they got, got rid of the guy the, the first guy they got, guy they got. Sheridan. Sheridan. And right. uh what? See, I even though I hate it, I know about it. Yeah, I mean, like all oh, like the Membari <laughs> or their or or the budget Vulcans. Well, thanks for like listening to, to listen to the nerds. Zing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, if you're going to get Steve and I together, it's going to be what you're going to get. At least we didn't talk about comics. 
Well, we did. I brought up Straczynski. She brought up Babylon 5. I guess. All right, hold on. I'm going to do the outro real quick so that Will can come back and actually talk with us because he's probably bursting about things that he wasn't able to say <laughs> while you guys were talking about that. Yeah. All right. He's one of us. <laughs> so thank you for listening to track five of Listen to the Words and say goodnight, Mr. Steve. You always try to get me. <laughs> To, Aww, to do the George so Gracie. And, <laughs> Damn it. and I'm I'm not gonna do it. I'm not uh, it'll be like All right, fine. All it'll right. be like a Christmas episode where I'll finally acquiesce. <laughs> and then it'll be everyone will go, Aw, he did it. We we wanna thank Jim for being with us and you guys can follow him and should follow him at, on Twitter at James Foreman. And with an E. <laughs> with an E. There's two, two E's, E's I technically <laughs> And we also want to thank our very first patron on our Patreon, which is our pal Tiffany, and her Twitter handle is TiffSylvania. That's like Pennsylvania, but with Tiff instead. And we are so proud and so happy. And if you would like to join her ranks, you can go to patreon.com slash LTTW. And you can also follow us on Twitter at LTTWpod. And yeah, that's about it. All right. Have a nice night. Tell your friends. <laughs> Good night. A thousand marginals. Oh, I'm in trouble again. Aren't I? I thought as much as you turn over there. Pulling that silent disappointment face. The one that I can't bear. Laughing jokes around Remember kudos in the kitchen, yeah To get things off the ground And it was Oh, oh, and away Oh, but it's right hard to remember This podcast is a presentation of Coffee Finch Studios, LLC All rights reserved I'm told there are hundreds of songs available.